Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merit Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lecture 17, Luke 23, 44-49, The Proof of the Gospel. I like this kind of stuff. I like, um, let me open up a prayer and I'll tell you. God, thank you for being so awesome, so forgiving, so righteous, much better to us than we are to you. Thank you for another day's journey. Regardless of the condition that we find our bodies in, you gave us the opportunity to have some sort of health and strength. And with that, we'll praise your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 So, same thing we've been doing, but I'll tell you, so what I, what I really enjoy um, more than anything is a well-thought-out argument. It is it's something I just enjoy. Uh, and his deal with an argument, you don't you don't have to be right. You just simply need to state your argument, have a strong thesis, and support it. And, and I really, and this is why I like preaching so much. Not me preaching, but listening to preaching or, or anything public speaking. I, I thoroughly enjoy it because I get to if if you're if you know what you're doing, I get to see your thoughts. I get to see how you've organized them. And then I get to see you put them into action. So this is, today is exciting for me because this would be, we did five in Matthew, five in Mark. This is the fifth in Luke. So this is actually the 16th week because I did a, overall introduction type thing a couple of weeks uh, ago just to get us back on one page. And so this 15 week, I don't have much of a choice but to get to the gospel, right? I don't have a choice. And that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about what if, right? And so in that what if, what would be the message of the New Testament if it only consisted of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, I was explaining to somebody yesterday why, why I was telling them about this, and I was explaining to somebody yesterday why I'm doing this and why I like to do things like this. It's because when we have a problem, we tend to rush to philosophy, rush to the Bible, which is nothing wrong with that, rush to scriptures, but we never really rush to the Lord. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, we don't really know it's, it's, it is quite possible to know the Bible, but not know the Lord. It is very possible to love the Bible, but not love the Lord. 
And so Jesus Christ is the heart of all of this. He's, he is the nail holding together the Old Testament and the New Testament. He, he is that very thing. And he is the gospel or the fulfillment of, excuse me, he preached the gospel. And the truth is, if I was to ask anybody in the church what the gospel is, you would get some various answers. You, most likely you would get death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with that. But then Jesus also lived. And if it was just about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, then God didn't have to let Jesus be born as a baby and then grow up and then suffer and then learn to read and learn and eat and starve. There's no reason for God to have been what Jesus is God, Jesus to have been born and lived if it was always about his death. Does that make sense? Like, so, so basically, the problem is that when you only think of the gospel, if you only think of Jesus as he died for my sins, that's a major problem. That's half the story. And what you wind up doing is you wind up having Jesus be your savior, but he's not the Lord of your life. Does that make sense? He, he, what, what he'll wind up doing is, what you'll wind up doing, excuse me, is, well, I'm saved. He ain't through with me yet, right? It's all right. He know my heart. And you never change in the now. And we've been called to live a life like Christ. Not to live how we want, but our soul will be saved in the end. And so when your theology is only or when your thoughts are only on, well, he died for my sins, you're missing the fact that he lived as well for your forgiveness. And so that's what we're going to get to Luke chapter 23, verse 44 through 49. And today I want to talk about the proof of the gospel. And this is where it gets pretty exciting because we've been, we've been, the cost, the intent, every week I've said it, every week I've said it in place, what this gospel is, and we've definitely on the master's degree level, so I apologize for that. However, I am breaking it down and making it pretty um, palatable. But basically, we're now giving the proof of the gospel in the end of Luke's gospel. Now, the truth is, we get it in Mark and we get it in Matthew, but right now we're in Luke. And so let's read what it says. Luke chapter 23, verse 44 and following. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light faded and certain, excuse me, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus Calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last breath. Now when the centurion saw that that had taken place, he praised God, saying, certainly this, was, this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled from this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breast. And all his acquaintances 
And the women who had followed him to Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. There is so much going on here. Here it is to where Jesus Christ proves to you his gospel. I'm going to say a couple of inflammatory things, and I mean for them to be inflammatory. I'm going to first off tell you that I am not so convinced that words have anything to do with ministry. You need to hear me and hear me out. Words are the, uh, maybe the preface to what ministry can be. Words are something that God uses within ministry, but ministry will always be about wounds and not words. When you think about it, Isaiah, the suffering servant, he was, we're told that he would be wounded for our transgressions. But when you think about it even more uh, from a commonsensical point of view, Jesus Christ did a whole lot of words and the world never changed. He fed a whole lot of people and the, word, the world never changed. He, he healed a whole lot of people and, and still, when he, when, when he had to ask his own disciples, who do you say that I am? Nobody got it but Peter. And then Peter didn't even get it. It was put into him by the father himself. Because Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And so nobody got that they were literally walking with God. We just happened to be told to call him Jesus. We, everybody missed the fact that God loved us so much. That he came down here and then became man, put on flesh, and then worshipped with us. Let me, let me see if I can say this better. He literally is ruler over us and then came down here to be friends to us. That's amazing because that's not how kings work. When you're the king, you bow. You understand? I'm the king. I walked in. You bow kiss my ring. Does that make sense? Because this is exactly how it works. But that's not how the king comes to us. The king himself says, no, 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 no. You don't bow. I bow to you. You don't, you don't wash my feet. I wash your feet. And so, but all this has happened and everybody missed it. Nobody recognized that Jesus Christ was God until Let's read this again. It was now the ninth hour. It was, it was almost dark, all right, because the, the way Hebrew days go is from night to day because they're, they're farmers. And so most of them. It was ninth hour. Now listen, listen, watch it. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, watch it. Then Jesus called out, listen, Father in your hands, I commend my spirit. Now watch it. Here is when somebody recognized who this Jesus Christ is. And the centurion saw what had taken place. He praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for the, that saw this spectacle and, and so on and so on. The, if, you, if, you, if you missed it, the centurion is Roman. He is not of God. As a matter of fact, nobody in the Roman, well, not many people in the Roman Empire serve Yahweh. And they didn't even know when they did, according to the book of Acts, they didn't even know 
it was Yahweh or God, as you know it, because the book of Acts records it is, you know, you guys, you know, that unknown God that you guys been talking about. Well, that's the God that we've been serving. Now you have a name for it. He is God. He is Jesus Christ. And so these 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 Romans, these they do not serve God or know him or trust him or bow to him. And the pagan says, surely this man was innocent. Surely this man is God. And now we have the proof because this is important. It's important to understand that Jesus' life was equally as important than his death. Because here's where it comes into play. It's his death and his resurrection that gives us all salvation. We know it. Nobody's going to argue that. I will certainly not argue that. Through his stripes, we are healed. We are blessed. We're saved. We get to live again because he first lived again. We get to conquer death because he first conquered death. We get to to worship and and sup and, and commune with the Lord because he communes with the Lord and we will be in him and made perfect or imputed uh, God's righteousness, which means that I, God, you don't have it. You don't deserve it. You don't get it. God throws it on you. Uh, NIV version says lavishes it on you. What is right about God is now smashed on you. Imputation. And so it's important that we understand that Jesus is recognized by an outsider as being God while the insiders are crucifying him. And so the proof of this gospel is not the crucifixion, uh, and it certainly is uh, very important, and it certainly is proof. The proof of the gospel is to recognize that God fulfilled what man could not by being a man. This is important because God promised in the beginning, Abraham, you are going to be mighty. But if you mess up, I promise you, I'm going to do this here. He told Moses, listen, if you I'll bless those who bless you, I'll curse those who curse you. You do right by me, you'll live. You do wrong by me, you'll die. God said it. And he said, as a matter of fact, to all your generations, as long as they keep my covenants, you hear that over and over and over inside the book, as long as you keep my covenants, I will continue to do this. But here's the deal. We didn't keep them. We failed every step of the way. You want to know what the gospel is? The gospel is quite simple. We failed from the time God called a man to the time God made a nation to the time the people asked for a king to the time in the Garden of Eden when God asked us to be kings with him. To the time that, with the time of David, or uh, uh, which one came first? Uh, Saul, King Saul. By the time that we proved that we was too unworthy or too ignorant or too arrogant to be kings, and we were also too arrogant to have a king rule over us, we messed up every step of the way, and God says, I still have to keep my word, and you must die, because I already said, if you fail me, I'm going to kill you. And so God says, but not them, me. 
You want to know what the gospel is? The gospel is God literally taking your punishment because of what you didn't do and then making you right by what he did. That is powerful. That is amazing. Because every man on planet earth failed to serve God. So God became man and served himself for the benefit of us. But please believe me, you. He didn't serve himself the way I would have served myself. Oh, Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if I was God and I served myself, first off, I'd have had a Bentley way before the automobile would have been invented. I'd have been, the New Testament would read, and I was driving in the car in the AC because it was too hot outside in Jerusalem and everywhere else in the Middle East in the name of Jesus. Amen. I ain't trying to sweat. As a matter of fact, I'd have been the tallest, most attractive person inside the whole. If I was going to serve myself, I promise you I'd serve myself very well. But God served himself by serving us, by dying for us and living as poor as possible so you can live rich today. That's the gospel. And how did he do it? By, let's, 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 let's read the text. Surely or certainly this man, I got the King James <laughs> memorized, certainly this man was innocent. And watch it, all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, that's the crucifixion, when they saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breast, and all his acquaintances, women who followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance and watched these things. Everybody who saw God be crucified, and they finally realized that he was innocent, and he was God, all went home feeling bad. You ever... You ever messed up and you feel bad for it? But I mean a real mess. I'm not talking about you, you lost your stapler. I mean you, you did somebody real bad. And you know you did it. And, and moments afterwards, you, you, you got to make up for it. And sometimes you can't. Or maybe, maybe, maybe they die before you can apologize. And, and, and this is the situation. This is the situation in which the disciples, all of them left Jesus. They left him when he needed them most. And they, he died before they got to apologize. This is also one of the reasons why Peter didn't even wait for the boat to stop when he saw Jesus after the resurrection because the last thing Peter did was not be there for Jesus Christ. So G Peter couldn't even wait. Let me just jump out of here right now. I have some making up to do. And so because Jesus Christ marked the text, it says, surely this man was innocent. Innocent of what? Innocent of every single thing that they charged him with. Innocent of every sin they tried to put on him. Innocent of claiming things that he did not. He was, it, he was without sin. And then this man says, surely this was God. And the powerful part about this is not just that this was God. The powerful part is that this man was innocent. Thus fulfilling every covenant that the Lord had made from Genesis to Malachi in your Bible or in the, in the Hebrew Old Testament to uh, Corinthians because it's just, it's not first and second, it's just Corinthians, right? Basically, everything the Lord has said, 
every law the Lord put up, uh, put up forth, every, every, every mandate that the Lord put, Jesus fulfilled it by living innocently and righteously. And so all the promises that we were not supposed to receive, we now receive because Jesus lived them. And this is powerful because you're blessed today. You get to wake up in the morning. You don't have to go to hell. You do have a choice. You can be the head and not the tail. You can be the lender and not the borrower. Not by your might, but by the might of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with you, but somehow it has everything to do with you. It, you, you couldn't create this gospel, nor could you fulfill this gospel, but he died so you can handle this gospel. That, that's, that's, it's amazing that we have the proof of the gospel. We don't, we don't get it. We don't understand it. It's not ours, but somehow God gives it to us. Let me see if I can say it this way. God is so perfect. God can, God can, God can do amazing things by himself, yet he chooses to use you. You're, you're not even on his level. You're, there's nothing about you remotely close to him. As a matter of fact, you can't even get close to him because of the filth that lives in you and the filth that you live around and the filth that you were born in. As a matter of fact, by his law, by, 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 by what he, his substance, by, by his very substance of what he is, God cannot sup with you. You, you are not allowed by by no means should you be able to pray to the Lord. By no means, because you're filthy. By no means should you be able to walk into his house and not be struck down. By, by no means can you handle any of his Ark of the Covenants, using that as a metaphor. By, you shouldn't even be able to grab this Bible without being struck down, because as long as he is the word, you're handling something you're not worthy of. I wish I had somebody. Amen. And basically, you can't touch this. You can't touch him, but he says, yes, you can, because I'm going to give to you what's right about me, and I'll communicate with that. Lord have mercy. You ever heard Jesus tell you how to pray? And then he says, whatever you ask, believe and receive, but do it in my name. See, don't, you, you can't do it in yours because, because you're dis you are disconnected, but I'm not. Lord have mercy. <laughs> you you. The greater is he, the power who's in me, than he who's in, who, he who's in the world, 1 John 4 and 4. See, you are not powerful, but he is. And since he is, you become stronger while you're weak. Nothing about you is good, but God made sure that you can be. That is the proof of the gospel. And how did he do it? It wasn't simply with his death. That's not to discount the cross. And that's certainly not to discount the resurrection. I am trying to put great emphasis on his life and how his life fulfilled everything in the Old Testament and how his life fulfilled all the promises that the Lord made to his people. And since the Lord promised it, you get to receive it because if he said it, it shall come to pass. 
So the reason why you get to have joy and sorrow, the reason why you can have a death in the family on Saturday and, and shout praises to him on Sunday, it's not because you're so holy. It's because Jesus lived and he lived correctly. And the power of his correct living now lives in you. And that is the proof of the gospel to where we recognize through the centurion, surely this was God. And this man is innocent. And God died on the cross to let you live on this earth. Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you for uh, revelation and, and just able to be in you. Thank you for opening our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as... It almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there and that's why you need zip recruiter you need it so you can find the right candidates now it's not that zip recruiter helps you find jobs it's more accurately that zip recruiter takes your culture takes your job takes what you're looking for and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used 
by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.